Hello again, wrestling fans, and welcome to another edition of Fantasy Warfare Tournament. I'm Sean, coming from London, Ontario, and this is part three of our greatest theme songs. Hopefully you joined us in our other episodes where you saw the WCW side won by the Four Horsemen and the WWF side won by The Undertaker. Tonight, we're doing the WWE side, going from WrestleMania 17 until today. Joining us, as always... From Toronto, Stephen, how are you today? I'm exhausted. It's been a long day, but um, it's fine. We're going to get through some interesting music here. Yeah, I think this is going to be some of the bigger music uh, items, I think, uh, came from this uh, group. We'll see how it all shakes out. This is definitely what I would call the biggest, most recognizable music group to everyone oh yeah for sure i am from niagara falls jonesy how are you today oh great i've been listening to this music for three days straight now and i think i got my my decision awesome uh so yeah we're going to start with our regular video to show everybody what we're going to be uh, looking at. Stephen's going to break down uh, today's bracket, and we're going to start off with match number one. So, without further ado... as you just saw this was a very interesting bracket so to start with we have stone cold steve austin versus mark henry then we have john cena word life versus d generation x match three we got sasha banks versus kurt angle match four is shinsuke nakamura versus randy orton voices match five is los Guerreros versus our truth match six is bailey versus triple h the game uh, match seven is Fandango versus Bray Wyatt catching fireflies and match eight to round this out, which is probably, I'm going to say probably one of the toughest matchups we've had in this whole competition. CM Punk cult of personality versus Daniel Bryan. Excellent. So yeah, we have, uh, quite the, um, matchups to go through, um, yeah, as I said at the beginning of the show, it is basically WrestleMania 17 to today. So if they were used at any of those times, they qualified for this bracket as opposed to last week where we cut off at WrestleMania 17 and went backwards. So 
match number one. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Mark Henry, the world's strongest man. Uh, you got Stone Cold Steve Austin, who was basically a mid-carder in WCW, unfortunately. Um, couldn't get any traction, maybe because of the uh, main event scene. I personally loved him when he was with the Dangerous Alliance. Uh, his teaming with Brian Pillman was awesome. Unfortunately, he got too uh, popular that they had to break them up uh, type deal. He went through uh, the stud stable, got injured, got FedExed by Eric Bischoff, his uh, release from WCW, went to w I mean, ECW, really pissed off at the world, and that definitely caught uh, WWE eye uh, with that, and they brought him in, but they stuck him with this stupid ringmaster uh, gimmick. Yes, he was technically sound as anybody. His matches with Ricky Steamboat and WCW were amazing. The main event, in my case, uh, to watch. But teaming him with Ted DiBiase and giving him ringmaster gimmick kind of didn't work for him. He had his hair buzzed, no goatee. They gave him the million-dollar championship. It wasn't going anywhere fast. He unfortunately slipped, and uh, he was supposed to be one of the final four in the uh, Royal Rumble. I believe it was in 96. Um, but when Rikishi uh, threw him over, he slipped and that was the end of that story. But he was able to overcome a lot of stuff. He uh, wasn't overly happy with the ringmaster gimmick. They got uh, in the feud with Savio Vega where he ended up putting the services of Ted DiBiase online. Ted was leaving anyway, so that's how they wrote him out. He was able to drop the ringmaster gimmick. He wanted something that was going to be remembered. It's something ice cold, a killer. And they gave him so many gimmick ideas. And it was his wife who came up with Stone Cold. And that's when the music changed as well. Instead of just some generic music that he had when Ted DiBiase had him, and I think even Ted's own music was used as well, this had Steve Austin's signature song to it. The glass breaking. The moment you heard that happening, you knew who was coming out, shit was going to happen, and we knew the change in dynamics when he did the Austin 316 uh, uh, promo, uh, King of the Ring, and the rocket got put on him. His gimmick, I mean, his feud with uh, Bret Hart solidified him. He got the title. And from that moment on, basically in uh, mid uh, was it 96 until even today that glass breaks you know what's going to happen you know Steve's coming out there's going to be a uh, beer uh, bash somebody's getting a stunner and that's where the crowd uh, picks up unfortunately his last appearance on Raw it was in front of nobody so it kind of fell flat but you still get up for that so Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme song as it has the uh, glass breaking, and then you hear dun 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 dun, dun. and it just keeps building. And you know, as I said, it's really good. Mark Henry, I hit, this one is the somebody's going to uh, get bro broken or something like that. Somebody's going to die. This was after he got through the. Um, obviously, he was an Olympic. Uh, weightlifter 
But then he uh, got put in with the nation. The nation broke up. He was doing sexual chocolate. Uh, he did uh, another heel gimmick afterwards. But I believe this one came at uh, the same time, about 2002-ish, when he was with Teddy Long, and they were doing a uh, heel uh, African-American uh, stable uh and just he came out as a badass. And I don't think he changed music afterwards uh, for uh, the rest of his career. But it totally fit how he uh, presented himself and just big, strong winning competitions. He was bending things, yeah, frying pans. Uh, really great when he turned uh, heel on John Cena wearing that salmon coat. Uh, everybody remembers. And I think he even wore it or brought it out for his Hall of Fame induction. Uh, Mark Henry's a guy that, on first glance, I wouldn't have uh, thought anything of him, but he definitely got a 20-year career out of uh, mediocrity in a way when it started, but it worked out for him. When I'm thinking about these two songs, the going with what you usually do, Stephen, and who you think of when it uh, comes out, it's got to be Stone Cold all the way. Steven? Oh, this one was easy for me. This was Stone Cold Steve Austin. You hear the glass break and you, you know immediately who it is. So this was easy. It's Stone Cold. So Stone Cold's moving on, but Jonesy? Well, uh, the Stone Cold theme is, and if it's getting a grade, it would get an A. Uh, I like the Mark Henry song um i mean what else can you say after all that um now with the steve austin uh, song uh, i listened to it over and over again and it, and it sounds like beer bottles are actually being smashed because you have the glass shatter but it actually sounds like beer bottles being chucked and then breaking um uh yeah it matched his attitude uh, but, uh, you know, Mark Henry, some got to get their ass kicked, beat them up. And th that was about it. Um, but yeah, I, I got a stone cold. I would go with. Okay. okay. So moves us on to match number two, which is John Cena against D generation X. So both fit the character. Unfortunately, word life, I don't think stayed around that long. I feel like it was only around for a couple years. I feel it fit the thug gimmick to start with, but then WWE decided to make him a, like a good guy, a face, and they gave him, what the hell music does he have now? Some generic rap song, isn't it? You yeah. can't see anything. DX, iconic. Grew up on it. Uh, you, uh, yeah, it's DX for me. DX, I could close my eyes and know who both of these are. This is a personal preference, but I'm going DX. DX just, you knew something was going to go down when that music hit. So I'm going DX. Jonesy. Uh, I got a thing for violins um, John and John Zena's word life. The beginning of the song is one of my favorites of all time. 
that that and it's throughout the whole song uh something about that when it starts is things are about to pick up and then boom and the, the it's not a bad song i mean the rapping is is mediocre and uh but for something produced again by wrestling uh it's 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 a pretty good song the dx one is is good um but if i had to choose which one over the two it's john Zena's. i i just like it i like it better so you get to be the tiebreaker i get to be the tiebreaker well john cena made the best of uh, what he had given to him because he came in very generic he had tights and boots and everything to match whatever team he uh, was representing the city that they were touring in. If you look back at some of his stuff, uh, I think he was on the Ruthless Aggression uh, documentary. He was this close to actually getting the boot from WWE until he ended up coming up with his rap gimmick after uh, freestyling in the locker room and also doing the, I think, Vanilla Ice uh, costume uh on a SmackDown Halloween edition. So that actually boosted his career. They actually put a CD. Um, but yeah, it didn't last long because fans then started getting behind it. I think he was actually supposed to also do a rap uh, battle off at a WrestleMania against a known rap artist. Uh, I can't think of who it is at the moment, but uh, that guy can't. The DX theme, even though... And this kind of goes contrary to what we were saying uh, in episode one of this one, where the NWO having it for every wrestler that was there. But DX didn't grow as big as the NWO did. You had your original four, if you want to say, uh, Sean, Hunter, uh, China, and Rick Rude. And then Rude left. And then when Sean left, they added Waltman and the New Age Out. Laws, and that was it basically. Because uh, I really don't count Tori as being a, a member and stuff like that uh, too well. But they kept it close. They even had the band who uh, sang the song show up at WrestleMania and uh, perform it live. So when you think of it between the two, plus the uh, resurrections of DX all the other times, even the comedy version that Sean and Triple H did uh, when Sean came back, I think 04-ish after they feuded. That song has lasted. You put it on today in an arena with fans, and they're going to pop huge for the DX theme song. Um, I think they even popped huge uh, in Saudi Arabia. God forbid uh, you ring the bell. But the, at least the entrances for the Brothers of Destruction and DX were at least worth the price of watching uh, or listening to their entrances. And so I got to go with uh, DX. DX is going to move on with a two to one victory. I've been crutched. Moving on. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Moving on to match number three, we have the boss, Sasha Banks, taking on. The Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. Now, now with the, the Sasha Banks uh, song, The Sky's the Limit, I, I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. I, I feel that this song is in the category of like an anthem-style song. Um, it's got that sound that 
bands, that's their song. And that's what this feels like. It, it feels like an important song. It has great buildup uh, to the vocals. Um, and that's where the, then the song picks up the energy. Uh, it's, uh, I like the song. I don't really actually hear it a lot because I, I don't watch a lot of the WWE stuff in the last like five years, but uh, I do like the song. Uh, the Kurt Angle one, I mean, it's been around for a long time and it wasn't owned by anyone until Kurt Angle got a hold of it. Uh, I mean, the Patriot had it and I think there was someone else, but it, it fit him. It was that song is Kurt Angle. Uh, the way the, that he comes out to it, the added fireworks later and just the song and the fact that the fans decided to add their own piece to it. It just made it that much better. Uh, and Angle made the character work with the fact that the fans would tell him he sucked, but it, it worked. I, I think the song, uh, it, it's one of the good ones that's hung around for a while. And uh, um, I think it would have sounded better if it wasn't a drum machine because it's painfully. Uh, obvious it's a it's a drum machine but kurt angle gets mine on that one because that that song it's it, it it's good and again it, it's a song that is somewhat generic but a character can add their own flair to it and pyro yeah i'm actually really happy that uh when we uh started uh doing the list of who were going to be contenders and uh can, for consideration that we did uh, put in at least a couple females. In this case, it was Sasha and uh, Bailey. Um, Sasha has some uh, really good music. It sets the tone for who she is. Um, she works way better when she's a heel. I don't know what they're doing right now with making her the victim and the uh, face in this whole thing that they're leading up to with Bailey uh, coming up. But Sasha's music uh, definitely fits her. I think the uh, updated newer version of the song actually has her cousin uh, Snoop Dogg uh, doing some rapping with her on it. Uh, so, but we got the uh, original version, and then you have Kurt Angle, Olympic hero. It was used for, as you said, the Patriot. I believe it was also used for Alex the Pug Parto. Uh, another Olympian. I think he was a bobsledder or something like that. Uh, but he inherited music that was yeah, used by others. For them, it set their tone of being, well, in this case, obviously a patriot, but it set uh, the tone of it being uh, sort of a regal, uh, superhero-ish type uh, thing. Kurt gets it, and he goes over the top with it because he should have been white meat baby face being the Olympic gold medal uh, winner who won the medal with a freaking broken neck and people turned on him much like they did the rock uh, for being a white meat baby face, but he played it so well. And when everybody started chanting, you suck, he let it continue. Uh, even as a face, they were chanting, you suck still to it. His Hall of Fame induction speech, when they brought him back, fans were doing that at the Hall of Fame. It has a lasting impression, and 
I wouldn't see anybody else being able to inherit that song ever again. Uh, I have to go with uh, Kurt Angle as well. Steven, is it a sweep? No. Uh, I actually find the Kurt Angle theme boring. Uh, again, like we've talked about, it's been used for other people. It could be used for someone else now. It's Sasha Banks' theme is specific for her. I just find that the Kurt Angle theme, is just, the Patriots used it. Someone else has used it. I'm sure eventually if they sign another Olympic person, they'll get the music and just update it a little bit. It's just, to me, it's just very, anyone could have had that theme. So, and Sasha Banks is specific for her and her character. So you're not getting a, there's no sweep on this. It's, it's, uh, my book was to Sasha Banks. Yeah. And you were one of the uh, people who uh, definitely suggested her uh, being in this uh, tournament. So I'm a huge Sasha Banks fan. Oh yeah, uh, she she could have been against somebody else, and I guarantee you she would have advanced. Uh, there's at least a handful that I could see her uh, definitely going over. In my opinion, though, unfortunately, she got Kurt Angle, uh, which takes us to match number four, and that has us with the artist Shinsuke Nakamura taking on the Viper Randy Orton. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura spent a lot of time in New Japan. He became a huge star there. Uh, Multiple-time IWGP uh, champion, Intercontinental champion, or, yeah, Intercontinental uh, as well that they have over there. Um, and just became a huge name. Then WWE announced that they had signed him. We're going to bring him in for NXT. And they even did a huge press conference. His first initial match was against Sami Zayn at uh, NXT TakeOver Dallas. Amazing match, and it's been critically acclaimed uh, from that moment. But when they hit that music, after Sami Zayn had come out and they had been singing his song, it just was a great tune. What we listened to in the uh, playlist, which you can find down below in the uh, description, I picked one of his other uh, takeover entrances, which they did it live with the violin player, and you have the whole crowd just singing along. I think that might have been at the uh, a takeover in uh, Barclay Center, uh, potentially, where that uh, video that we used uh, was from, but just the violin going off, and I've seen the uh, person who did that same song uh, just with two other guys in the a street corner in uh, Times Square uh, do it. And it just draws people in. And the way it ended up having people sing along, it just sets a mood for the way uh, Shinsuke Nakamura is. I love the song. I even had a, a part of my playlist in my car when my car used to allow for a jukebox. Um, I had a couple of uh, different uh, ones, including Sasha and Bailey's and uh, Sammy's and Kevin Owens, because uh, I just enjoyed those songs so much. We're going against Randy Orton. Randy Orton, third generation superstar, uh, started off once again, white meat babyface. People turned on him. 
Uh, it went through a lot of different songs, incarnations, was a part of Evolution, uh, got dumped from them right here in London uh, the day after he became the youngest uh, world champion by beating uh, the Nameless One, as uh, Stephen likes to say, at SummerSlam 04. And uh, he went on a little bit of a babyface run. Then he uh, did Evolution, and I think just before Evolution, uh, Evolution, sorry, um, the Next Generation one, uh, I'm losing my mind at the moment, uh, that he had with Cody and uh, Ted uh, DiBiase Jr. But um, he was using uh, voices. He teamed with uh, Edge, Rated R Superstar. The voices song definitely fit the way the Viper is. Uh, it said about, I hear voices in my head. They counsel me. They understand. They talk to him. And just the way he uh, would do things and strike and how he sets up for his uh, finishing uh, move at times, uh, even though it's RKO out of nowhere. But when he's down on the ground pounding and getting ready and psyching himself up, it's almost as though those voices are talking to him. Um uh, I don't find that the song, though, does a lot for his entrance and presentation, uh, which I also like to uh, look at how it uh, reflects on that. I, I definitely think it describes Randy Orton really well uh, and uh, does great for him in that regards. But Shinsuke Nakamura, just as I said, that video that we saw, his entrance, people sang along to a song that has no words to it. Uh, I love it, and I'm going with uh, Nakamura. Steve? I'm going Randy Orton. I think Orton's music fits it's specifically for Randy Orton. I find Shinsuke Nakamura's music could have been for anyone. Like, there's nothing... that makes me... That could only be for Shinsuke. So I'm going Randy Orton. Jonesy, you get to split this. Uh, this one actually is a hard one. Um, I like both songs. And Nakamura is so good at doing an entrance. And this song just makes it that much better. I When I seen him before he was in WWE uh, years ago... He, his entrances were just epic. Uh, he just oozes um, showmanship when he goes down to that ring and uh, all his mannerisms. It, it it's it it astonishes me watching it. Uh, it's like watching my favorite dance. It's just sometimes it's better than the match just because of the aura that it creates. Uh, the Randy Orton song, I like the song. Uh, I think it does stuff for him. It sets kind of that uneasy mood. Um, I mean, it's a it's a good song, and it's a Jim Johnson song, another Jim Johnson. And in fact, I think we 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 need to uh, um, maybe once we get down to the final four, do a little. Um, excerpt on Jim Johnson because he's coming up again with a whole bunch of songs that are great. Uh, but the Nakamura song, 
as a song in the entrance. It, it's so good. Uh, for me, it's not tomorrow. Okay. So two one victory for Shinsuke over Randy Orton, leading us to match number five, Los Guerreros taking on our truth. Well, let's get real. Am I gonna vote for I don't like the R Truth song at all at all. We'll we'll, we'll push this over. I find it boring. The rap is okay. Just not a big fan of it. Los Guerreros, not a great fan of this song either. I'm only going Los Guerreros because I don't like our truth. So, Jonesy, you get to go. Um, it, this one's a hard one because the both are that great of songs. They're not that great of songs. Um, I do like the fact that the our truth one is he actually does the rapping stuff there live. He gets the fans into it. Uh, it's a great entrance for him. I, I think he deserves a much better entrance than that. But uh, the Los Guerreros one, I just, I don't, it's generic. I don't think there's much to it. Um, the video is entertaining. And uh, you get the tie break this one if you're going to let it go through. Me, I, I'm only going with R-Truth because even though it gets old really quick, uh, I think for the fans and the audience and that, they're getting what they pay for and interaction with some of the kids. And so that's why R-Truth gets it for me. Okay, so you're leaving it to me to decide I this am. one. <laughs> this was the weakest part of the bracket. I do uh, agree with you, Stephen. Um, not a huge fan of the R2 song. I don't know who ended up picking that one. Um, oh, I think I did. <laughs> Los Guerreros, I love that song. Uh, and I think I was the one who ended up putting it in here. Um, just the whole entrance in itself, because you need Eddie and Chavo uh, doing the uh, entrance in the low rider and uh, just the presentation, I think, uh, makes the whole song better, as opposed to Archie skipping down uh, to the ring and getting fans to just say, what's up? Uh, and so that one time he forgot what city he was even in. Uh, I know he tries to make it special for each town that they visit and stuff like that, but it just keeps on going and it won't stop. Uh, I'm picking Los Guerreros. Hey, Sean, when when um, SmackDown was in London, I know Los Guerreros were, were there and I seen them, but I can't remember. Were they in a low rider for that? I don't think they were, uh, were able to get a low rider into the uh, JLC or the Budweiser Gardens, as it wants to be called now. Which brings us to match number six, Bailey against Triple H, the game. Jones you know, this one's not hard, but the, the Bailey song, I'm, 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 I'm doing this one, right? Yep. Okay. Um, I mean, the Bailey song, I, I like it. It's bouncy. It's fun, especially when they added the, um, the wacky wave, 
but uh, yeah, wacky, wavy, inflatable tube man. Um, and I think it did did great for her. I, I think it's a great entrance. The colors, everything. But the Triple H song, I mean, it's it's a song that was written again by by Jim Johnson, and then it wasn't gritty enough for Triple H. And he said, I want it to sound more like Motorhead. So WWE went, why don't you get Motorhead to do it? So they went ahead and did this song. And it's, I thought I wrote it down. It, it's on, it's a bonus song on one of their albums. Uh, it's a great song. I mean, he made simple lyrics work. His voice, the song, it gave the edginess to it. It, 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 um, it brings it to the next level uh, because it's done by a professional uh, band written by a professional uh, writer for wrestling. And it just, uh, I, it's one of the, the, the great entrances, I think, out there. Um, so f- for me, it's, it's the game. Yeah. Um, Bailey's uh, song, as I had it in my car, it just had one of those uh, things that I could actually have it in the car. My wife would have not realized that it was a wrestling uh, theme song. It set uh, the tone for uh, Bailey uh, with the ponytail inside, the flappy uh, tube men, how she reached uh, was a hugger and reached out to the fans. She had her own little uh, mini-me that uh, was inspired that everybody uh, – I think her name's Izzy. Got inspired by her. Just it made a different character, even though you know it did make her look a little juvenile. But with the uh, streamers uh, tassels off her arms, that was her tribute to her uh, hero, Randy Macho Man Savage. Uh, just a lot of things went into making her entrance look really good. She's done. A lot better since uh, she first turned heel and cut the uh, tube men. That was a rough start on her heel career, but if you look at her now, got a lot better. But her original entrance with the uh, that song and the tube men and the flashy lights and streamers really fit uh, her uh, really well. Triple H, you got that grit from Motorhead. I wasn't a Motorhead fan beforehand. I can't say I was a Motorhead fan beyond that, but I did enjoy the songs that Motorhead did for them, whether it was the Evolution song, uh, King of Kings, and, of course, this one, The Game, with the mixture of the uh, flashy lights, the green uh, lasers that went off, uh, the individual spotlight with then the spit going on, of uh, the water bottle standing on the... Uh, turnbuckles posing before his uh, opponent came out. It just set everything. That song told who Triple H was. Um, I got to go with the game, even though I love Bailey's uh, song. Steve. Oh, this was, unfortunately, Bailey came up against Triple H. It's Triple H. <laughs> it, it's yeah. just, it's like it, Sasha Banks. You drew Kurt Angle. I, even though I voted for Sasha, I didn't expect her to win. But 
it's easily Triple H. Oh, I guarantee you, if, uh, say, Bailey or Sasha had uh, drawn uh, Guerrero's and R-Truth, they both would have oh, been moving on to the uh, next round. Even in this next uh, round, that's, that's not part of it. If anyone would have drawn Fandango, Vaughn. Well, that brings me to Fandango. Johnny Curtis, he started off in the uh, uh, Indies, made his way uh, through uh, the Florida area, got uh, picked up by FCW, uh, Florida Championship Wrestling. Uh, it turned into NXT eventually, but he was also on, I think, season four of uh, NXT when it was a competition show. He won that one, but got brought up to SmackDown, got uh, destroyed. I think it was by Kane or uh, Mark Henry, one of the two, uh, and magically reappeared in season five of uh, NXT. They were still sort of doing the competition, but it wasn't competition, but they were just using a little core. They were doing uh, storylines. Uh, he got in a thing with Derek Bateman, who uh, most of us know now as EC3. Uh, it was just ridiculous storyline stuff going on until WD finally said enough of this NXT stuff uh, as the competition. They changed FCW into NXT, the brand that we know today. Replaced the show with what we see also today. And uh, he disappeared for a little bit, came back, and all of a sudden was this ballroom dancer. And there was a brunette, uh, I think she was a professional dancer at the time, uh, with him. That didn't last long, and they uh, teamed him up with Summer Rae. He had a huge thing where he wasn't going to uh, compete on Raw or anything like that. Um, when he finally got brought up to uh, the main roster and said, oh, because the announcers aren't announcing him right, uh, he's not going to uh, compete in the matches. And he got called out by Chris Jericho and got made fun of, which uh, set up their match at WrestleMania, which, surprisingly enough, he ended up winning. That's where the song took off because people got into it so much that the next night – on uh, Raw, the Raw that everybody uh, heralds is the best Raw of the year, though it's lost a little bit since they started embracing it, WD did, the last uh, one or two years. But fans were singing the song, uh, and they were singing it so much, uh, it was interrupting things. Even when it wasn't playing, it started climbing the charts on uh, different uh, streaming things like iTunes, uh, I think at one point it made up to number 11, fell down to 44. For this song? I don't get it. Uh, but, yeah, fans tried to do what they wanted to do. And unfortunately, them hijacking works for some people, but didn't work in this case with Johnny Curtis and Fandango. Today, we see him teaming with uh, Tyler Breeze uh, as Breezango. They're the current NXT uh, tag team champions because they went back down to NXT uh, to work there. And we're going against Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt, the son of IRS Mike Rotunda, brother to uh, Bo Dallas, 
uh, Wyndham Rotunda, uh, nephew of Barry Wyndham, grandson of Blackjack Mulligan. He had a lot of things going on for him. Uh, teaming with his brother down in Florida. They brought him up as part of uh, season two of NXT. He was Husky Harris. He got part of uh, the Nexus uh, when that sort of reshuffled things, but didn't work out. He got booted in the head by Randy Orton and sent back down to FCW. And as we said, uh, eventually it became NXT. That's where he started teaming with Eli Cottonwood. They dropped that one. He ended up bringing in the Wyatt family. And no sooner did that sort of start happening, it caught on, I guess, and caught Vince's attention that they fast-tracked them then back up to uh, Raw. And we started seeing the vignettes of the Wyatt family in the swamp. And that's what this video is, is their entrance uh, video and their life of the swamp with Luke uh, Harper and uh, yeah, Eric. Uh, I want to say Eric Rowan, but yeah, Eric Rowan. No, Rowan is uh, a Viking Raider. Anyways, uh, yeah, they started up that way. When they finally came out, you see them uh, start on the Tron and lighting the lantern. They blow it out and say, we're here. And the music starts and they come out and everybody's cell phones turn into fireflies uh, with their uh, camera phone uh, flash on. And it definitely set the mood of what turned out to be a really good song, uh, in my opinion. And the cult leader side of Bray Wyatt, I loved. I uh, think they could have played it out a little bit better. And now we have The Fiend, and they still do the uh, Fireflies for that, and they've augmented the song a bit. But this original version, I really liked, and it was also a track in my car. Um, I'm going with Bray Wyatt over Fandango. Bray Wyatt. Steven? Bray Wyatt. There's not even a chance for Fandango. Okay, go, Jonesy. Uh, <clears throat> the Fandango song, uh, the theme deserved more. Um, it's not the theme's fault. It's uh, Fandango. Um, not the wrestler, just the whole Hold on. Gimmick. I also have to correct Sean. It's not Brazango that's the NXT World Cha Tag Team Champions. It's Fandancer is the NXT Tag Team Champions. Okay, go ahead. No problem. Um the, the 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 Fandango song, which is called Cha Cha La La, uh, it's got a classic Big Bang Orchestra uh, feel to it. Um, it feels like an end song to like some something you've gone to. Uh, it, I think it's a great song, but Fandango, uh, the White Family. I mean. Sean already described it all. It's a fantastic entrance song. Um, it, it's it got a kind of a morbid zombie feel to it. Uh, it it does get my vote. Well, but I really do like sweep. the Fandango song. I could have listened uh, to that like thing over and over again. It seems a lot more game show-ish uh, or 
Johnny Carson to it. And our final match of the first round has CM Punk, Cult of Personality, taking on Daniel Bryan, Flight of the Valkyries. Um, Steven? This one was definitely the toughest one we've had in a while. Daniel Bryan, that theme, I just don't like. Doesn't tell me about him. Doesn't, it just doesn't do anything. Call the Personality is definitely getting my vote. I think that song just fit CM Punk. And you close your eyes, you know exactly who's coming out. That Daniel Bryan could have been for a hundred other people. So it's CM Punk for me. Um, the CM Punk song, uh, like uh, it was done by Cult of Person. Sorry, it was done by Living Color in '88. Uh, it's a good song. Uh, it's a song that is kind of weird that it made it to wrestling, but. It, it does fit. Uh, now, the Daniel Bryan song, The Flight of the Valkyries, I mean, that's been around for, like, uh, it's been around since, like, the uh, mid-1800s. Uh, it's almost like a 200-year-old song, and it's been around for that long. Uh, it's um, it's a German song, and uh, actually, there's, there's a kind of, whether this is Flight of the Valkyries, or um, the ride of the Valkyries, because if you listen to them, they're pretty much the same. Uh, for me, I just, the, the Daniel Bryan song, that song I like. I like so much. I even got a toothbrush with it. Thanks to dollar store toothbrushes. Yep, so uh, he, gets my, uh, he gets my vote on that. Okay, so I get to break the tie in this one, and yeah, they did the Flight of the Valkyrie uh, song with Daniel Bryan because I think it was when he was uh, turning heel and doing the no side of things. I don't think he did it in the original Yes uh, chance uh, that was going on, so he did it trying to uh, get people to not like him and all that, and it didn't work. <laughs> People love that song. They're now always doing the yes thing. Uh, my guys from the uh, wedding party, Jonesy included, were doing yes things during uh, and fingers and chanting uh, during my rehearsal for the wedding. Uh, so it definitely stands up. But it's CM Punk go with Cult of Personality and uh, actually popular song, uh, Living Color, just... The, it spoke volumes for the attitude that Punk had uh, and probably still has though today, uh, just being honest and uh, outspoken uh, to, maybe to his detriment uh, at the same time but I am going to go with Cult of Personality by Dan, uh, for CM Punk moving on and that concludes our first round so I'll recap it. Uh, match one was Stone Cold Steve Austin beating Mark Henry 3-0. 
DX beat John Cena Word Life 2-1. Kurt Angle beat Sasha Banks 2-1. Shinsuke Nakamura beat Voices Randy Orton 2-1. Los Guerreros beat R-Truth 2-1. Uh, the Game Triple H beat Bailey 3-0. Bray Wyatt beat Fandango 3-0. CM Punk beat Dana Bryan 2-1. So second round matchups are Stone Cold Steve Austin versus DX. Kurt Angle versus Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, Los Guerreros versus Triple H, Bray Wyatt versus CM Punk. Was there anything surprising in the first round, guys? Um, not overly, I don't think. Uh, I saw a lot of them go through. Uh, the Los Guerreros R Truth uh, matchup could have gone either way because it was the weakest part of the bracket. Uh, sad, uh, as I said earlier, for Sasha and Bailey with who they end up drawing, but it is a random draw, so gotta go with what happens. Jones, uh, <clears throat> the CM Punk Daniel Bryan one, uh, I'm not surprised, but I, I just I think the flight of the Valkyries is a it the whole thing. He got more people into that song added to it. Uh, like it, it that whole thing started like a movement in other sports and people doing the yes chant. If it wasn't for that song, um, I believe the cult of personality song. It's I don't like it when people say it, but I do agree with it on this one where it's songs that were used for other things that are brought in. Um, the theme of it fits CM Punk. I'm just... The song itself, I just... I don't vote for it because it's... it it, it I like the, the CM Punk song that he had before he was using that. Yeah, he's had uh, some decent songs... Uh, over his time uh, being with WWE. Oh, and an interesting tidbit. Out of all these songs here, if you could find the original version of Flight of the Valkyries, you could have played that because it is public domain. But if you play the WWE's version of it, then it's licensed. And that's why we're not playing any songs officially on here. To not get any strikes from yeah YouTube or any of our other uh, people such as Twitch, Facebook, iHeartRadio, Instagram, I mean, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and uh, yeah, wherever else you get your podcast from. So we move on to round number two, and Jonesy gets to start us off with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Taking on Degeneration X. I, I'm not sure if I have a bias in this in this category or not, because you know what? I wasn't I wasn't a, a huge fan of of DX. I liked them, but the song I think it was just because it it was different at the time for me and the choices that I like in music. The some of the the noise and the noises in that song is just annoying. It's a great song, mind you, but uh, 
the Steve Austin song, it's simpler though. Like it pales in comparison to the uh, work it would have taken to develop this the X song versus the Stone Cold as far as you hear it because the Stone Cold is it's a very simple song, um, but it's effective. So I'm kind of like I don't know which one to pick on this side of which one's better. I, I'm gonna have to go with Steve Austin on it because of his entrance. Both entrances were good, but Steve Austin at the time had a great entrance. And then when they continued to play the song at the end with the beers, it was like seeing Hulk Hogan all over again, except Hogan's doing cool stuff now instead of just parading around in the ring doing this shit. Um, some funny stuff happened during... You got like extra stuff after the match because of that whole song that they play and how he go with it. So for me, Stone Cold gets it on on the fact that if you the song and seeing it together, it just blends better. I think. So for me, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. This one is a tough call for uh, myself also uh, because. When I first finally started going to live events in 96 when I moved up to Toronto, because uh, they were happening more often there, the first items I bought were both Stone Cold Steve Austin, Austin 316 uh, shirt, mm-hmm. and a Degeneration X shirt at the same event. So I was like, oh, what do you do? I had the hats for both of them. I had the T-shirts for both of them. I had the jerseys for both of them. Like Those two were 1A, 1B, basically, uh, especially with Shawn Michaels' uh, involvement. Triple H then uh, became a favorite because of the DX connection. But the moment you hear the glass break, they – yeah, coming out to the ring, uh, just the bad mother uh, that's going on the, with the walk, the beer bash afterwards. Um, I think of what you were uh, saying with the, uh, regards to Hulk Hogan. It made me think of what they say on uh, something to wrestle with. Hogan always ended shows because Hogan must pose was the attitude and idea going on when Hogan was there. In this case, Austin must drink and hit stunners. So that's how they ended shows. Even when DX was there, uh, you would see that. And if they uh, collided with each other and were sharing the ring at the same time to end the show, they were always playing Steve's song. So I'm going to go with Steven, your thoughts? Well, I had DX winning, so I was outvoted 2-1 here. Um, uh, uh, I'm glad I didn't have to do the tiebreaker. I mean, I just like that music better. I just found... I love the Stone Cold Steve Austin because you knew something. He was going to kick some ass and hit a stunner and drink some beer. But... I just like the DX music better. It's just a personal preference. So now we've got Shinsuke versus Kurt Angle. 
Yeah. Um, both these songs do not have any words to them by how they were written, but the fans took it upon themselves to add You Suck uh, with Kurt's song, and fans took it upon themselves to sing the whole song for Nakamura. As you said earlier, both these songs could have gone to either uh, anybody, uh, so I think you're uh, going to have a hard time possibly figuring, uh, choosing between them, Stephen. But they did American Patriots. They did uh, the athletic outside heroes before uh, Kurt uh, came. They did them after Kurt came. Shinsuke Nakamura was something different. Not, not often. Oh, we just lost Jonesy for a moment. There he comes back in. Uh, not often did you have WWE doing a big push for a uh, talent from Japan. When they did, they were possibly a joke. A look at uh, Yamaguchi-san and uh, Kayentai. Uh, Hirohito, who uh, didn't last because he uh, then turned into... Uh, uh, I can't remember his name. That's how rememberable he is. Even bringing back uh, Matt Bloom as Tenzan didn't last long. Doing Shinsuke Nakamura and pushing him like they did, this song fits perfectly and made him a star uh, coming into WWE. So I'm going to go with Nakamura. Oh, I'm picking Nakamura. I would much rather listen to the Nakamura song. So, uh... Jonesy? Um, I'm looking at... Oh, yeah, okay. There I am. Uh, yeah. So what? what is it now? Is it tied or did someone already no. win? <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, all right. That's good. I'd make that choice. But uh, yeah, I'd probably go with Nakamura. So sweep mm -hmm. over Kurt Angle. So now I've got Los Guerreros versus Triple H. This is easy. It's Triple H. Jonesy. Uh, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and they're through. Sean, is it a three-peat? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a sweep on this one because, like I said, uh, Los Guerreros is one of the weakest uh, songs in this uh, bracket. And so, yeah, I'm just trying to keep up quickly with the yeah. changing because we're going through this one uh, rapid. But, yeah, Triple H is uh, moving on to round three. And we will see Bray against CM Punk. Jonesy. Oh, I get to do start this one. All right. Uh, yes, you do. If I had to listen to this song over and over again, it'd be the CM Punk song. Because uh, I'd rather listen to that one over and over again. But the Wyatt Family one, it's better for... I mean, the entrance. It's It's wonderful. So for me, 
quiet family. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that one. Uh, just the whole entrance and it's the tone that it's set was what definitely has me picking it to go into uh, the semifinals. Just, I love CM Punk's uh, song with uh, Cult of Personality, and it fit him, but it didn't do anything else except for have him come to the ring. Um, Bray Wyatt, it's the whole package on that one. So, that... No, it's Bray Wyatt has uh, moved on. But what uh, is your uh, vote there, uh, Stephen? Well, my vote would have been for who I was actually picking to win it all, CM Punk. Ah. Well, so. there you go. Okay, so round two, we had Stone Cold Steve Austin beat DX. 2-1. Kurt Angle lost to Shinsuke Nakamura, 3-0. Triple H beat Los Guerreros, 3-0. Bray Wyatt, which I would consider an upset, beat CM Punk, 2-1. So in our semifinals, we got Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Triple H versus Bray Wyatt. So this go. is not hard. It's a okay. uh, final four uh, setup. You have Winter Undertaker up right now, just FYI. I did not want that. Because he's not well, even in the bracket. That was supposed well, to be a different thing scrolling across. Yeah. Because it's supposed okay. to be this one scrolling across. Do, is it me or is it you that starts this one? I don't remember. I start this one. And we have Stone Cold Steve Austin and Shinsuke Nakamura. A lot of tone is set uh, on this one, where uh, how they come into the uh, ring and uh, start get to their uh, matches afterwards. But I don't see anything special about Shinsuke's after his win, as opposed to what we said with Steve's. It sets the tone. People end up leaving. There's the beer bash afterwards that has sometimes gone a half hour or more after an event has ended. Uh, so in my case, I am definitely going with Stone Cold Steve Austin to go to the uh, finals. Uh, and I'm next picking up is This one wasn't so hard. Stone Cold is going to the finals. Jonesy is at the sweep. Oh, Nakamura is such so much better. But I got to agree, the Stone Cold Steve Austin one wins as far as entrance. So you put the two together. Fine. It is a clean sweep, <laughs> even though I'm, I, I don't want to vote for Steve Austin. But I will. And that brings us to our final, I mean, our uh, other semifinal, which has Triple H taking on the Wyatt family. I've got Triple H winning this one. I just think it was, it's a better theme song. It tells you exactly who's coming out. So Triple H. 
Jonesy? Yeah. <laughs> triple triple H. Well, this one does another sweep, it looks like. Uh, as much as I do love the way the entrance for the Wyatt family uh, happened, it just going against Triple H is hard to uh, knock. Uh, it's one person. You knew who it was uh, for. The, uh, people were calling him the game for years. Uh, and now a song actually was built for him to tell it. And as I said before, the flashing lights, the lasers, the single spotlight, the posing, it just, everything fit perfectly for Triple H. That brings us to our finals. So go over the semis. We have Stone Cold Steve Austin beating Shinsuke Nakamura 3-0. Triple H beat... Ray Wyatt, 3-0. So our final, Stone Cold versus Triple H. So is there anyone that you guys had in your fa uh, finale brackets who's not in there right now? Mine was CM Punk. I had CM Punk winning in the bottom, but did it? I did not, I did not do any predictions before uh, I'm making them right now. So I didn't decide on a winner. Uh I had to have chosen it probably would have been oh who knows anyway i said yours sean <laughs> yeah everything's uh playing out the way i uh sort of uh saw it especially in the final area uh getting to the final four who i thought were going to be in it and yeah i'm not surprised by this uh finish so that has us with Chris starting us off with our final bracket. The game, Triple oh God, I got, taking out. I only have to make Steve one Austin. more decision. One more decision. That's now, it. this is an important one. Uh, I know I've the seen the Stones. The I know I've seen Steve Austin's um, entrance live before. I don't think I've ever actually seen Triple H's that version the game, actually. I don't believe so. I don't think he had it at WrestleMania 18, did he? Uh, yeah, because I think he was uh, yeah, he was wearing the denim jacket uh, and uh, leather jacket combo. Then I would have heard I would have heard that one. I don't know if I necessarily saw it, but I know I would have heard it. Um, I, I have to go with the Triple H on this one. I mean, the Stone Cold Steve Austin one is great, but the the evolution of Triple H and uh, until this came out, I agree that, that I didn't think he was a main eventor nor a, a champion, like a world champion until he hit this persona um i knew he was good but it just but this the, the whole thing the lights the, the the standing there blowing the hole but which it's kind of gross but it's cool um so uh, for me it's it's triple eight on, on that yeah 
they made fun of uh, his entrance uh, in this COVID era uh, in doing uh, this entrance thing. Uh, he was had this bottle of water, and they had a stagehand quickly take it away from him, even though there was nobody in the performance center, but they were making fun of uh, his current situation. Uh, as I said a little while ago in the beginning of the second round, the first merchandise I ever bought was Austin and DX. They're both part of it, but Austin individually, I have to go with uh, him. And so Steven is going to be our uh, tiebreaker. Okay, let's not get us kicked off this. Um, yeah. I just like that. So here's song. your winner. Triple H. And he will move on to go against the Four Horsemen, which he idolized, obviously, especially Ric Flair, and The Undertaker. We got and quite that, the... Uh, He'll get to face yeah, our last group. Our last group is by mismatch with a bunch of, uh, I think, eight uh, TNA Impact uh, Wrestling uh, themes, along with some themes that didn't make it into our uh, mix of the last three weeks. I'm going to show a video. Hopefully, it's going to play properly. And, uh, Stephen, you can uh, break down what we're going to do, and uh, we'll get out of here. As you saw, next week's uh, and final round of the wild card is going to be the Beautiful People versus Johnny B. Bad, Aces and Aids versus Ravishing Rick Rude, which I think was the WWF version. Yes. Um, Sami Zayn versus Jeff Jarrett, and that's specifically his TNA music. Beer Money Inc. versus the Nasty Boys, which is their WCW music. Bruce the Barber Beefcake versus Mickey James, which is her TNA music. 
Hardcore Country. Which is, I actually really like it because I nominated that one. The Motor City Machine Guns versus Bobby Roode, which I don't remember if that's the, which WWE. one? WWE. Glorious. Um, Hulk Hogan, real American, or is it American Made, I think? American Made, yep. Which is his WCW versus LAX. Yeah, I remember that stupid piece. <laughs> and then you have Abyss versus the Honky Tonk Man. So anything, I know Sean, well, when we nominated and we were originally talking about doing this as a completely TNA music, we determined they don't know how to do music. So we determined we would rather slit our wrists than do TNA because they didn't have enough. Um, a few of them, I kind of pushed for some TNA because they did have some. I really like the beautiful people. I really like Jeff Jarrett's TNA. I really like Mickey James' Hardcore Country. Um, LAX, I really like because I think that stands out. Abyss, I love the Abyss music. A's and A's, it, it's, it's a catchy song. I don't remember why I put the Motor City Machine Guns, but I'm sure there was a reason. Yeah, I think I still have to uh, make the uh, playlist for us to listen to. So no, that's... we already have it. You already sent it to us. Oh, okay. Um, I remember it. So, yeah. So, there's some interesting TNA um, songs in there, because I feel like TNA didn't have 16 that we could do their own, but they definitely had some that we could add. So I'm interested to see who wins this because I've already picked mine. Um, but so, yeah. So anything standing out guys? Have you, do you remember any of the TNA songs? Or is there any that stand out that you've listened to that we added? Uh, definitely beautiful people. And uh, Mickey James, I, I can't get into the Jeff Jarrett theme. Uh, at all, uh, Abyss wasn't so bad. It's uh, I'd say a lower level of uh, song like Kane and uh, Taker trying to be on that line, but pales in comparison with them. Uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing who comes out of this. And we got a good mix. I am, um, I, I am looking forward to talking about one of the all-time Cheddar songs. That WCW ever produced, but I love love the crap out of the the song is Hulk Hogan's. I just it's so it's it's pretty good when you consider what he had in WWF, and then it's like how do you pick another song for him? And it actually fit the WCW um, world at that time, uh, but it was pretty cheesy, but it was great. Yeah, I think Jimmy Hart had something to do with that. But when you were saying about you were looking forward to a WCW theme song, I thought you were going to be going, here comes Johnny B. Bad. You don't want to make him mad. He's as pretty you know, as that a one is girl. not as, as good as I thought it was when I picked it. I started listening to it a little more, you know, analyzing it. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of bad. But it, it's another one that I thought was it was cheesy and it fit him. And with the confetti... I don't know. It it uh, it gives me smiles when I hear it. A Dusty Rhodes creation. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. That's Merrill. why. That's why he got the goddamn polka dots. It's probably. 
But that, I think that was afterwards, though. Um, anyways, so before we uh, take off, Jonesy, you got anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, I'm out. I got to take a phone call. Thank you, Stephen. Well, I want to plug have the fact that some people just leave without, you know, giving hugs to everyone. But that's for another show. Um, yeah, actually, the 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 whole trivia thing. Uh, I think I'm going to uh, do it like a games night, and we're going to change up the games. So that's where we're heading on that. But there will be more games. I just. Uh, Doing the Jeopardy style questions takes a long time. Um, so uh, those ones are harder to make than just, you know, multiple choices easier, even though it's a little, takes a little more time trying to think of good, you know, A, B, C's or D's, but some of them, you know, meh. Understandable. So that is uh, going to get revamped, uh, you're saying? Um, I'll talk to you off air with a couple of ideas, but in our uh, case over here at Scumbags Wrestling, we have our t-shirts. I got this uh, lovely uh, video. It's actually going to sit right between Jonesy and I. Uh, it's from Stephen at Stephen's Wrestling Journey because uh, September is Kerry Malformation uh, Awareness Month, and we're selling t-shirts, and let Stephen have a moment. You know what Tyson, Karen, Brett, and Jody Threat ha has in common? They all support Scumbags Wrestling. And if you buy this poster or shirt, you will, all the money goes to my charity. So please buy one. So as you see, Stephen got his uh, shirt uh, and poster finally in the mail uh, from me. Uh, I think his brother took his uh, mother's uh, shirt uh, so we might have to ship out a couple more that way to the family. But, uh, yeah, September is Carrying Malformation Awareness Month, and Sick Kids Hospital is benefiting. If you wear a T-shirt in the month of September, I'm knocking $5 off. So instead of $30 for your T-shirt, you're paying $25. And 11 by 17 poster, normally $15, you're going to pay $10. So all the uh, proceeds that uh, come from it, I'm sending over to Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto. I've been working this whole time through a pandemic. I don't need the money. I love to give back to the community, and this is how we're going to end up doing it. So contact me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com, and uh, we'll support uh, Stephen's wrestling journey, Sick Kids Hospital, Carry Film Malformation, and as you see along the bottom, uh, we're on Facebook, uh, Scumbags Wrestling. Twitter, Scumbags Canada, Instagram, Scumbags Wrestling, use hashtag Scumbags Podcast, FWT, or hashtag Fantasy Warfare Tournament. We're easy to get a hold of, and uh, we'll be also available not only on YouTube Wednesday nights as you're uh, seeing it, but uh, it's available on Facebook, Twitch, and then you can hear this in your car on our podcast on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts from, we're available there. So please join in with us. Let us know if you have a topic you'd like us to discuss. The finals, I was just checking out my calendar, will be done during a special live edition of 
Scumbags Wrestling on October 1st at 8 p.m. So you can join us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch and be a part of that show. And let us know if we pick the right one. The final four are going to be decided there. And uh, join us tomorrow night on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch for episode number 120 of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. So until next time, have a great one. Dig it.